from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 110. Welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and I'm happy you're able to join me right at this moment. On this show, we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and personal development because putting these higher values into practice is uh, might be the biggest part of our journey, right? It's certainly the most difficult I think. Um, and the purpose of this show is to spread the awareness of these higher values, but also to help you and me and anyone who's on their journey uh, to learn about higher spiritual values and implement them in their lives so they can live a happier, more productive and useful life. Uh, and if you practice what we talk about on the show, that's exactly what will happen. It'll make a big difference in your life. We publish new episodes each week, every Friday morning, very early, and you can hear the show as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and on our website, themysticshow.net. I'd also like to thank our Pause Your Life, that's that's our sponsor, slash supporter, slash sister organization, Pause Your Life. Pause Your Life facilitates meetups and retreats to help you hit the pause button on your life, right? Modern day life is so crazy and relentless and fast moving. We never actually get to just pause, stop, breathe, and just be a human being. You know, maybe breathe, maybe sleep a little bit more, (laughs) maybe rest. So Pause Your Life, the website is pauseyourlife.org. And the plan for this episode of the show is, well, this is sort of a difficult show for me in, in a certain sense. Um, I, I did plan on, and, and we may do this a little later, uh, re- continue reading from the James Allen book that we're reading from, which is just phenomenal. Um, but I am sort of experiencing something here because just this past week, um, my spiritual master, um, he attained Mahasamadhi and in the physical terms, uh, as far as his physical body and his life, uh, he has passed away. And for those of you who know me and have maybe listened to the show, um, you know how much my spiritual practice means to me and how important uh, my spiritual master is and still is even now. 
So it's just, it's a big change. And um, obviously it's part of life. We know this. Um, and I just want to mention that for those of you who don't know what Maha Samadhi means, it's basically when a, when a, a realized person um, leaves their body at the time of enlightenment. So it's not just a normal death. It's, it's when they finally merge with the divine. And um, it's also a conscious act in a sense uh, when they choose to leave their body, when their work is done. Um, and, you know, they get to go for to the next level or go for a rest um, in this circle of life. So my gratitude is, is immense. Um, and I mean, I can't even put it into words, but when I came to the practice about 11 years ago, I was a completely different person, basically a miserable frustrated, weak, and arrogant person. And up till then in my life, um, I was trying all these different things in life, trying to be happy, trying to reach goals, trying to choose a career. And I just, any it seemed like everything I did just did not work. And, um, and I got to a point when I was, I don't know, maybe 30, 31 years old. And I thought, that that's it. I don't know what to do. This is something big is missing in my life. And I have to find out what it is. And I had been reading books for many years. And I sort of always had this idea that I wanted to begin meditation, right? Learn how to meditate and all this. And so, I mean, you may have heard my story. I've told it before on the show, but I, you know, I read uh, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, where it talks about the eight steps of yoga and also talks about the four main branches of yoga. Anyhow, I searched for Raja Yoga on the, on inter, on the internet, on Google, and I came to the website of, of the Sahaj Marg practice and... Um, and I pretty much immediately started the practice and I was very fortunate because three months after I began the practice, um, my master came to the United States. So I started in April of 2003 and he came in July of, uh, 2003. So, and I didn't have a job at the time, so I was able to travel around and kind of go to the gatherings and spend some time near him, you know, because you didn't always have a chance to talk to him or have one-on-one -on -one time with him because there's so many people, right? And I just started doing the practice and I did what he told us to do. And over time, a lot of my bad habits, they just dropped off and... It's not magic, but it's like magic, but it's not magic. It's just when you 
have the help of someone with such a developed will that approaches the divine will and and the and you use your will and his will to clean yourself of these samskaras of these impressions of these karmas if you will it actually works so that's one of the things about spirituality that in, in fact that's probably the greatest thing he taught me and still teaches me is that human beings have the ability with their will to clean themselves with the help of a a master of caliber to just get rid of all these samskaras and impressions and and like I said karmas if you want to call them that so we can we don't have to undergo all the the effect of our thoughts and actions so we can quickly shed all this weight and all this baggage and and rise up and that's what happened to me a lot of my habits fell off and um i went to india in 2004 which itself was sort of a miracle how i got there uh cuz i didn't have the money to go but the money just showed up somehow in my life it was amazing and then I went there and I got to be at the ashram in Chennai and spend uh, almost two weeks. And it was obviously the first time in India was a shock, but also being with my master in India was was wonderful and being able to travel with him up to North India at that point. And really it's a lot of little things that, that I would learn from him. Um, one time we were in North India and he was staying in this person's house and, uh, you know, there was a small group of us who were sort of traveling with him and we were sitting on this very small front lawn and he was just sitting there and we were just sitting with him. There wasn't nothing. We weren't meditating. We weren't talking. And, and then people a few individuals tried to ask him questions and he kind of just didn't want to answer and didn't want to talk. He was just kind of sitting there looking at the horizon and, and I was there, of course, dressed wrong, wearing the wrong thing. I had my camera, I was taking pictures of him. And then I got this thought that just put your camera away, stupid. So I put my camera away and, and, um, and we just sat there. And you could tell he was working on us. Even then, I could tell this. Before I knew much at all, or, or before I experienced very much, I knew, I knew he was working on us, and he just needed us to just shut up and sit there. So that's something in the spiritual practice that can get lost is when we, um, we think we have to be doing something at all times. You either have to be working or jogging or running or cleaning your house or, or meditating, but you have to be doing something. And that's not true. You know, there's times we have to just be And how would I ever learn that in my life without him showing me?
I guess if you're listening to this show, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Maybe the average person might laugh, right? Might laugh and say, that's such a, that's nothing. Nothing happened. That What did that mean? But, you know, it's these small teachings that matter. And I was fortunate enough to take many trips to India and spend time with him and travel with him. The, um, the sheer amount of work that he did is just, it's staggering. All he did for the last 40 years of his life, probably, or more, was help people, was travel around and teach people and conduct meditations and build ashrams and create programs um, and obviously work with people one-on-one, speaking to people, writing, answering letters, giving talks. I mean, the library of content that he created is just enormous. And it's it's all so focused on his serving his master to help as many human beings as possible reach the highest spiritual goal available to humans. And he was one of the things I most admire about him because it sort of resonates with my own personality is that he, he could cut through the BS like no one. He, he could just dissolve misperceptions easily in the blink of an eye, you know, certain words. He once gave a talk about words. What does the word faith mean? What does the word surrender mean? What does to- the word tolerance mean? What does the word acceptance mean? And literally, and I, he's, I think he says it in the talk, whatever you... I, he, whatever you think it is, that's not really what it is. And he proceeded to tell us what those words mean. You know, he often talked about the history of religion and spirituality on the earth. And he would talk about, you know, religions and explain where they had become um, petrified, if you will, where they had become solidified into rituals and and things that didn't have any meaning anymore. I mean, he could and and he never he never talked negatively about religion. That's one thing, you know, when we talk about true spirituality, we talk about transcending religion and then we kind of get the idea from certain religions in the world that we have to destroy the other religions and he was very adamant. He said, "No, you don't have to destroy it. Don't worry about it." It's okay. Just you individually go beyond it. And even the spiritual goal. You know, people throw around this word spirituality. It's crazy. I, I, I read things all the time about people claiming that this is spirituality and that is spirituality. And, and, and again, it's okay. And we're not bashing those people. 
It's okay. However, Master explained very clearly that we need to transcend all that and we need to aim for the highest spiritual goal, which is so far beyond the material world and the and our physical lives. I mean, yes, we have to be here in physical lives, but our spiritual goal is much higher because you're not going to be in your body forever. You know, there's going to come a time for you when you have a chance for your own Mahasamadhi. And, and Master just encouraged us to work toward that. He, um, he also gave me the opportunity to um, serve him in terms of volunteering my time to, uh, to help teach the system of meditation that we do. And I'm very grateful for that. I mean, that's obviously an understatement. Um, he gives us the opportunity to learn the things that we have to learn. And, you know, dealing with situations and people in the physical world is not easy. And I've had my share of uh, learning opportunities. And there was even a time when I didn't know if I could do it anymore. I didn't know if I could serve him in that capacity. And I asked him about it. And basically, to summarize his reply, he just basically said, just keep going. And he didn't coddle people. He didn't say, oh, you're doing a great job. You're doing really well. Thank you so much. He rarely ever praised anyone. And when you think about why, it's, it's, it's amazing because all praise, it just feeds our ego. And that's the very thing he was working at helping us dissolve. So in this world where more than ever the, the lack of role models is destroying us slowly, you know, here we have the perfect role model. Someone who has lived it, who has helped teach it, and, and distilled a true spiritual practice down to very simple things that anyone can do. Of course, that doesn't mean it's easy, but you can do it. I can do it. Each of us can do it. And moving forward, we have to keep, uh, keep practicing. And the organization itself you know, there's a, there's a successor, there's a new president of the mission and the spiritual head of the mission. And he was appointed by my master. And, uh, he was very careful to make sure that the mission and the practice carry on and move forward just as, just as it should. So we will carry on and um, endeavor to become who he wanted us to become.
And it really helps knowing that when someone has faith in you to, to achieve that, that means a lot. Because if there's anyone who knows if we can achieve it or not, it's him. And he's saying, yes, you can. So, I, uh, I, I'm not sure if reading from the James Allen book will, will fit into this episode. Um, but I will, I will say that the spiritual adventure is, is a wonderful adventure. And, uh, you know, I hope you can move toward these higher values and practice a true spiritual practice, whatever it may be. And really, you know, take the help of these people who have achieved so much and uh, are willing to help us. You know, I think I was just speaking with one of my friends recently about the need to have a spiritual guide or a guru or a master or a sensei. You know, we need to have a teacher. It's interesting that in life, you know, when your kids grow up or when we grow up as children and maybe we have maybe we learn a musical instrument, so we have a a music teacher. And maybe we want to learn how to swim, so we have a swimming teacher. And in school, obviously we have teachers to learn how to write, to learn how to do math. And even as adults, you know, some people want to do mountain climbing, so they pay a lot of money for all this equipment, and then they have to hire a, a mountain guide to help them climb Mount Everest. They have to pay a lot of money, and they have to, you know, train a lot to do it. But no one would ever climb Mount Everest without a mountain guide. It's just not possible. And that's why it's so interesting when it comes to spirituality that human beings, individuals, are so reluctant to have a spiritual guide. You know, I mean, and the number one, you know, (laughs) the resistance usually comes in the form of, well, we're all connected to God, so I'm already connected to God. And... In, in, in essence, that's true. So that's a very clever comeback there. But that doesn't mean that we can reach the goal on our own. Because if, if you've studied spirituality at all, you, you realize that all the masters say that you need a guru, you need a guide to help you. And as I was talking to my friend, it really it, it dawned on me, one of the biggest reasons why we need a guide is because if it's just me, then it's my ego. And my ego will trick itself and trick me. So my ego will tell me, oh, you're doing great. Yeah. You're meditating for five minutes once a week. That's great. That's all you need to do. You're fine. You're good. Whereas a real spiritual guide would say, no way, that's not enough. You should meditate every day. 
So we fool ourselves. You know, it would be like, again, trying to learn how to swim and you, you jump in the pool and you pretend to move your arms and you say, oh yeah, I'm swimming. And meanwhile, you're standing in three feet of water, but you say, yeah, I, I know how to swim. But you really don't. And there's no, I mean, some cultures, they, they understand that they have to take on a guru or study under someone, right? But in America and in the West, generally, we don't know, we don't think that way. So, again, on your journey, you know, when the time is right, if you want to think about these things, about having a spiritual guide or finding a spiritual practice that really resonates with you and really will move you towards the highest spiritual goal, not just feeling good, not just uh, controlling your temper, you know, not just, you know, learning how to deal with your mother-in-law. I mean, these are all small things. These are emotional things. These are, these are nothing. We still have to do those things, but in a bigger picture, those are small, tiny things. When you focus on a much higher goal, you will progress much more quickly and you will cover a lot of ground toward that goal. You know, it reminds me of, uh, I think it was Northcote Parkinson. I might be getting the name wrong, but he had a a saying that uh, a task will take up the time that is allotted to it, which means that if you give yourself four hours to clean your house, it will take you four hours. If you give yourself one hour to clean your house, same house, same cleaning, you will finish it in one hour. It's, it works in the physical world, but it also works in the spiritual world. If you want to achieve the highest spiritual goal in this life, you can. If you want to emulate the great saints, Jesus and Buddha and, and all the other great saints, you can in this life. That's part of setting the goal properly. So I think we'll end here today. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I just had to say what I had to say, I guess. I hope it was beneficial. Um, I hope in your life you, you find something that touches your heart as much as, uh, my master has touched mine and, um, and proceed on your spiritual practice and grow to great heights and learn how to love, learn how to be love and, uh, and really make the masters happy. So until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.